Thank you for those words, Brother Galen. And I greet each of you in the name of Jesus this evening. It's certainly a joy to be here again. And I trust that, that God will again be able to speak to us. He has something to say to us, I'm sure. And it's up to us to, to listen to that. Welcome to each of you. And just invite you to turn your heart toward God tonight as we look at his word and what he has to say to us. So let's begin again with the song. <clears throat> and uh, tonight I think I'm remembering that the last line comes only after the last verse. So we sing the prelude and the three verses and then finish with the last verse. And I found my app. So we'll start with G. Do, so, the bass begins, and then the rest join in. Do, so, we're only strangers and pilgrims on our way home. In this dark foreign land filled with sin, fear, and pain, we will travel toward home, sowing seeds of good grain, seeds of kindness and grace, seeds of mercy and truth, gladly sharing the news of the sinner's new birth. We're only strangers and pilgrims on our way home. We will call to the lost, we will welcome them in. We will bid them to turn from their blindness and sin. We will stand on the rock, not on frail shifting sand. And on Jesus the King, build a house that will stand. We're only strangers and pilgrims on our way home. The harvest has come, time to gather the grain. Those who have been redeemed, washed and free from all stain. Now we're waiting to go where we'll never more roam. No more strangers and pilgrims, for we will be home. We're only strangers and pilgrims on our way home. Amen. And it's not always easy to live a life of a stranger and pilgrim. It's not always easy to remember. But that's what we're called to do. And yet, God wants us to remember that. And God wants us to live for the next kingdom, for the next world, and live today in preparation and in light of the kingdom to come. <clears throat> Tonight I'd like to use as a base passage Matthew chapter 13. Recently I've been impressed and uh, we're also reading a book on this subject, on the subject of the parables of Christ. And it's interesting that God, or that Jesus used parables very, very extensively in his teaching method. In fact, uh, probably one of the most used methods that he, uh, 
that he, well, it was one of the uh, most used methods that he used in his teaching ministry here on earth. An interesting approach. <clears throat> and I think it's important that we understand uh, what he was trying to do, but also uh, it helps us to understand what he was trying to teach. Tonight I'd like to talk about something that we all have. How many of you children uh, have ears? Yeah, I think all of you do, don't you? And what do you do with your ears? Yes. Listen. Listen. Hey, that's a good answer. Um, you don't just wash them, do you? You need to do that too. So it's our ears are to listen. And we have two of them. Right? Most of us have two of them. Tonight I'd like to talk about our ears. And I'm not talking only about these, although they are also involved, but I'm talking about our spiritual ears tonight. And I'd like to look at how God speaks to us, what He expects, or how He expects us to hear, how we can hear. Hearing God, how important, how crucial it is that we learn to hear God and listen to God. We need sensitive spiritual ears. Spiritual ears are imperative to spiritual understanding. You know, there's a number of different um, ear problems, ear impairments. There is deafness. There are people who do not hear anything. There are people who, as, as we, we as humans, have a, have a way of filtering what we hear. And we can kind of close out some things that we don't want to hear and listen to the things that we want to hear. And also another interesting phenomenon with, with our hearing is that there is a tendency sometimes for us to interpret what we hear according to what we'd like for that person to be saying. And so we kind of modify and tailor it to what we'd like to hear. Jesus said, He that hath ears, let him hear. And what did he mean by that? In Matthew chapter 13, verse 10, the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou in parables? Why do you talk like, why do you teach in this way? And I'm sure that they were <clears throat> wondering why Jesus taught in such a way as, so that some people didn't understand what he was saying. And even sometimes the disciples didn't understand what Jesus was saying. And they would have to ask him, and Jesus would have to explain further. But Jesus had a <clears throat> an explanation here about why he taught in this way. John had been in, it was in prison and had been sent to, uh, some, he had sent somebody to find out uh, what, uh, what, uh, if this was really Christ, if Jesus was the one. And in uh, Matthew chapter 11, uh, Jesus assured John, sent word back to John that, yes, I am the Christ. And Jesus said to them, go and show John what I am doing. Tell them about what you have seen in me. And he says, you know, you came, what did you come to see? John came preparing the way for me, and so who, what did you expect? What were you expecting when, you, when, uh, when I came? And he said, John was telling you. John was preaching to you, and he was preparing the way. But he said, 
You didn't see. You didn't hear. And I'm sure it wasn't because they were not able to hear physically what John was preaching. I'm sure that they were listening in that sense. But they did not hear the message. They did not hear what John was saying. In verse 14, in chapter 11, he says, If you will receive it, this is Elias, which was for to come. You, um, John told you, you didn't listen, but if you will, and now he used the word receive. If you will believe, if you will receive, if you will hear, you can. And then in verse 15 he says, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Why did Jesus use parables? Now we move back to Matthew 13 again. Why use parables? People don't understand, the disciples said. Why do you use this method of parables? So Jesus gave an explanation for his use of parables. And let's just look at that, verse 10 through 17. The disciples came unto him and said, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. That sounds like... Um, how do you say in English? Um, Acepción de personas. Help me, Delvin. <laughs> uh, favoritism. Thank you. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they, seeing, seeing not, see not, and hearing, they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which said, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross. Now, that's not the way we use gross today. The people's hearts have become fat and aren't working well. And their ears are dull of hearing. They're going deaf. They can't hear well. And their eyes they have closed. Lest at any time they should see with their ears, hear with their, with, see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart and should be converted, and I should heal them. They didn't want to hear. They didn't want to see. They didn't want to understand. They didn't want to be converted. So the problem was on the end of the receiver who had plugged their ears, closed their hearts, and been blinded to what they were being taught. But Jesus said to the disciples in verse 16, Blessed are your eyes. For they see, and your ears, for they hear. And that was a compliment for the disciples because they didn't always do that. But Jesus knew that here was a group of men who were following him, who were interested in knowing the truth and to obey their master. Verse 17, For verily I say unto you, that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which you hear, and have not heard them. You are a privileged group of men, he said. Many would have liked to have your opportunity of hearing, receiving what, what I am giving you. They haven't been able to, but you are privileged. And tonight we also, God has given us the opportunity of hearing. Tonight there are millions and millions of people who haven't had the opportunity of hearing. But we also have that God has given us also the ability to choose 
then whether we really will hear, whether we, we really will understand or accept what he has to say. In verse 11 he says, the reason that, you, that I'm using parables is that it is given to you to understand and to know, and it is not given to them. And that is not favoritism. It is God's, and I don't understand God very well at all, but God has a foreknowledge, and God knows who is going to be receptive to his, to his message and who is not going to be receptive. And so this message for them was for the people that he knew that would be receptive, I believe, if I understand enough of God to make that statement. Verse 12 says, those who have will receive more. And those who have not will have taken away what they have. And there again, it looks like favoritism, but God is using his, his sovereignty and his, his foreknowledge to, to govern here. In verse 13 and 14, we have a, the fulfillment of prophecy. This was already prophesied many, many years before in Isaiah. That hearing they will not hear and, and seeing they will not see. And they won't understand. You know, one of the sacred natures of the gospel is that for those who are open to hearing the truth, truth will come. Jesus said, um, Ask and ye shall receive. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. That's a promise. Those who really seek, and I believe that is true today. I've seen it. People who are perhaps ignorant of the gospel and the message of Christ, but are seeking, are earnestly longing to know the truth. And I've seen it time after time, people who are honestly, earnestly, openly looking for the truth without a lot of pretense, a lot of agenda, but an open heart, Lord, tell me, teach me the truth. How God ministers to those hearts. In unusual ways sometimes. But God honors his word. Seek and you shall find. The gospel is for those who are open to hearing it. Those who are wanting to be told. Those who sense their need. Jesus said, I came for those who are sick, not for those who are well. Referring to those who think that they are well and don't need any help. I came for those who understand they have a need. And I'm there to meet those needs. Jesus, the, the gospel is for those who recognize their need and come to the Father. In verse 15, Jesus describes the persons that, or the spiritual condition of the person who does not want to hear. He says his heart has become gross, and like I said before, that, that word means fat or stupefied or calloused, no longer sensitive. Uh, a heart that doesn't feel anymore, a heart that doesn't, is not sensitive, a heart that doesn't hear. Their hearts have grown calloused. Their ears are dull. They're hard of hearing. They're deaf, perhaps. They're without the capability to understand. Incapable of taking in the true sense of what was being said. So the, the, the message was packaged in, uh, in a way that, that they were kind of left in the dark. And maybe the only thing they heard was an interesting story. But that's as far as it went. Because they were not interested in anything more. 
They were not interested in truth. They were not interested in what might affect their heart because they didn't recognize their need. They were not looking for help. They were not looking for truth. So they were only hearing what they wanted to hear. And then in verse 15 also, the end result of hearing. Truly hearing is being converted and being healed. And here he says they didn't, that's what they were avoiding, is being healed and being converted. True hearing, true listening to the voice of God takes us to healing. It takes us to conversion. It takes us to a new relationship. It takes us to life. So what are ears that hear? You know, we, we are kind of interesting beings. And we don't have a, um, we don't have a switch as such on our ears to hear what we want to hear and then switch off when we don't want to hear. Recently, I was thinking of that today, an incident that happened to my son is dealing with, a, with another person. My son had explained a certain requirement or restriction that had been put into place. It was actually a restriction that our family had put into place. And he was explaining this to someone. He was explaining it. I think his intent was so that he would also be able to honor the uh, agreement and, and uh, what we had put into place. And so he explained it to him. I don't know how much detail he used to explain what, he, what, what our position was. But his intent at least was so that he would be able to honor what we had already put into place and not override it but, or disrespect it or ignore it. To my son's surprise, I don't know if it was one, two days later, he found him doing exactly what he had said that we had agreed not to do. And that was devastating for him. His first reaction and thought was that here he had totally disregarded and uh, run over what he had said. Deliberately, it felt like to him, how could he so openly defy what he had spelled out so clearly according to him? So my son had to confront him and uh, tell him that this was against what we had decided, what we had, had said, and he thought he had conveyed that message to him and said, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't understand that. As though Nothing had been said. And I tend to believe that he was sincere. <laughs> and somehow he didn't get it. I don't know why. I don't know how. But I don't think he heard what Randall had to say. Why? And here I only conjecture I don't know. But I do know that he wasn't agreed <laughs> with, our, with our position. Did that have anything to do with him not hearing it? I don't know. And also, maybe he didn't feel that my son had an authoritative voice. After all, he was much older than my son and knew much better. I'm sure that was not in the thought process of him not hearing. My suggestion would be that perhaps it was back there. Maybe even, even he didn't know why he didn't hear. And number three, there's also the possibility that while 
While Randall was telling him all these things, he was off somewhere else, thinking somewhere else, something else more important. I don't know. But for some reason, he didn't hear what was said. And it was said. You know, we have that uncanny ability to tune out what we don't want to hear sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't work so well. And to hear what we want to hear. And like I said before, sometimes we can even tweak that, what was said, to become what we want to hear, because it wasn't quite what we wanted to hear, so we can tweak it. I'd like to just take a minute now, and let's be quiet, and let's listen. Now, this doesn't work as well here as it does in Costa Rica, where the windows are open, and we might be, have a, a, a woods or jungle close by, trees all around, but I'd like to try this experiment. Let's, let's be quiet for one minute, and you listen. You um, jot down in your mind what you're hearing. Can we do that? Children, you can do that too. Let's just be quiet for a little bit. So, what did you hear? I miss the sound of the crickets and the frogs and the birds. But did you hear something? What did you hear? Okay, I, yes. You didn't hear that before though, did you? Did you? Okay, how many of the rest of you did before? Okay, there's a light humming and we, it kind of, became prominent when we were listening, right? What else? Yes? You heard who? What? Chair squeaking. Hey, you were, you were alert. I didn't hear that. Yes, you. <laughs> okay, good observation. What did you hear? I did too. What else did you hear? Uh-huh. You were going to say too. Yeah. I heard it, yes, a vehicle on the road. And you know, most of these sounds that we were hearing, and like I say, we didn't have the advantage of hearing the sounds of nature in here, were sounds that we didn't hear before, basically, right? We weren't listening. We weren't paying attention to those sounds. A baby can cry unless it's really, really bad. We probably hardly notice. And the chair squeaking, uh, the light uh, humming, um, getting restless. Probably we didn't notice that before. But when we actually concentrated on listening, we heard things that we didn't know were there. And that um, there's places where we can benefit more from that than we did tonight here. Tonight the question is not what all we're hearing around us. Tonight the question is, can I hear clearly the voice of God? Can I hear when God speaks? Are my ears in a condition to be able to hear his voice? And we can do some of those same things with God, unfortunately. We can tune him out. And he's not going to force us when we don't want to hear. Sometimes he will bring something into our life to try to wake us up and try to make us listen. But he won't force us to hear if we don't want to hear. Jesus said that's the way it is. The gospel 
My message is for those who want to. You know, I'm quite different from my wife in a lot of ways. But also in this way, I can be studying, I can be working, and uh, I can kind of enjoy having some background music going while I'm, while I'm working and while I'm studying. But she says, how in the world? And, and I know that I'm not, I'm not listening to the words. It's not something I'm concentrating on at all. It's just going back there. I'm tuned out to the message of the songs, so maybe I'm probably not getting too much good out of it. But my attention is somewhere else. At the same time, I can, I can hear a song without being distracted from it. And Ruth says, how in the world can you study with that music going? And if she happens to be studying and I have the music going, <clears throat> please turn it off. And then when she's reading a book, and I want to get her attention, I may have to attempt several times before, I, before she hears me. And then I, mean, I can talk at least a normal voice and maybe a little bit louder before she actually hears me. You know, we have this ability, even in, on a physical level, to be able to tune out some things that we don't want to hear. Not always. And it's difficult for us to, to concentrate fully on more than one thing at a time with our ears. If we're listening to two conversations, for example, and I've tried to do that, obviously I'm going to miss probably a certain percentage of each of the conversations and not uh, get the full grasp. I may even miss an important part and miss, be misinformed about what the person was saying. It's almost impossible. Our... To, to be able to understand something, we, we really do need to concentrate, to perk up our ears, as, as the saying goes, um, and listen with attention, with concentration, with, with a heart to, to listen. So how do we open our spiritual ears? Jesus said, he that has ears, let him hear. When Jesus spoke to, the, to John in Revelation, giving that message to the seven churches, his message was, for those that have ears, for those that want to know the truth, for those who want to know how it really is, here it is. In Matthew 13, going back again to that, after Jesus instructed his disciples on why he taught in parables, teaching or telling them about the problem of hearing, the swelling of the spiritual heart that doesn't grasp, doesn't understand, the dulling of the, the hearing, spiritual hearing impairment, the closed eyes, the spiritual blindness. Then in verse 15, he says, so, and par pardon me, verse 18. Verse 18, he says, so, now, here. I want to now explain to you the parable of the sower, here. They didn't understand. He had given the parable of the sower, or the parable of the soil, I like to say, I think it's more about soil than it is about a sower in this case. And we heard a little bit about that last night too. So he says, I, I, I want to explain to you now. I want you to hear. Listen. This is what it's about. This is what I was trying to tell you. And this message is for you. So hear. Hear ye the parable of the sower. Did you ever notice that the parable of the sower is all about hearing. 
It's, all, it's about soils. It's about seeds. It's about harvest and all of that. But notice, why should we hear this parable? Verse 19, when anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, or heareth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. The seed on the path. Here he puts hearing and understanding together. It's the same thing. These people were preached to. The seed was given. But there were some among them that didn't hear. There were some among them that just simply did not understand what Jesus was saying or what the, what the, what the seed was all about, which was the gospel in this case. They didn't understand. It was, it, it was like a, a, a mystery to them. Interesting story, but what does it mean? They didn't understand. Maybe they didn't understand. Maybe they were not attentive. Maybe they were like this person. Maybe they were thinking something different. Maybe they were thinking about the coronavirus. And what are we going to do next week? And what's going to happen in the U.S.? And what in the world is this all going to lead to? And, and the seed was lost. It, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't heard. It wasn't understood. Or maybe there's carelessness, negligence, just not attending to that which was heard. Maybe it's forgetfulness. In one ear, out the other. Just didn't stick, just didn't stay. Didn't impress him. Forgot. Maybe he just wasn't paying attention. Maybe there are other things that are louder. Maybe there's other things that are demanding attention. And so his attention is turned toward those things and he really didn't hear the message that he was supposed to hear. As this man in the incident with my son, he heard my son's explanation. Maybe he wasn't interested in how we do things. Maybe he was thinking about something more important than what Randall had to say. It may not have been that he didn't really want to hear, but he wasn't paying attention, obviously. He wasn't hearing. And so the person that the person that um, Heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, is like this. And, and the seed is taken. And I'm not sure what all that means, but it kind of means that maybe he lost that opportunity. You know, in, in a natural sense, when the seed is taken, that's it. Maybe God will give him another opportunity to have some seed. In verse 20, then says, he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth. Again, this parable seems to be about hearing. He heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet hath not root in himself, but dureth for a while, for when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. Stony places. You know, he hears it, oh, this is wonderful. I like what I'm hearing. Full of joy, an emotional response. Maybe a kind of involuntary, I'm involuntary, I don't know. It sounds great, but there was no root. There was no depth. There was nothing that held it there. 
Maybe it wasn't thought through. Maybe his response was just, boy, this sounds great. I like this. And went out the door and met his old friends. I don't know. Hardships came. This isn't what he thought it was. It wasn't how he had planned. It wasn't in the bargain. The cross was not included. He wasn't expecting difficulties. Only the glamour and the glory. In verse 22, He also that received seed among the thorn is he that heareth the word and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. <coughs> thorns. <clears throat> this man also hears. But there are other things that come in. He wasn't expecting. He wasn't prepared for. And he is not one to persevere when other things come in, other distractions, allowing uh, or, or demanding attention. And he's distracted. And eventually, the seed is choked out. He heard. But it didn't take good root. And he didn't persevere. And he allowed other things, began to hear other things probably. But in verse 23 he says, He that received seed unto the good ground is he that heareth the word, and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit, and bringeth forth some an hundredfold, some sixty, some 30. The good ground. He hears. He understands. He receives. He nourishes that. He cherishes the word. He is one who pays attention. He has his ears tuned to truth. His heart is open without pretense. His heart is sincere. He's seeking. He's wanting truth. He's longing for truth. And so he accepts truth. He doesn't have that, those filters of filtering out what he doesn't like. And just allows truth to impermeate his heart. Takes interest. He becomes absorbed and engaged in what he hears. He understands the importance of taking heed. Because actually hearing means doing. Hearing means responding. Hearing means taking heed and obeying. Notice in Mark chapter 4, as he relates this, this parable, after the parable of the sower or the soil, in verse um, 21, He said unto them, Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed, and not to be set on a candlestick? For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested, neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come ahead. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And he said unto them, Take heed what ye hear. With what measure ye meet it, it shall be measured to you, and unto you that hear shall more be given. Jesus adds here, or Mark adds some more words of Jesus here, we should say, and tells us that, yes, there is, you have been given the truth. The disciples, I think he was talking to the disciples, you've been given the truth, given the truth and you don't need to, to, to hide that truth. Live it. Don't put a basket over it. Don't put a bushel over it. But he said, if you have ears, hear. Listen to what I am saying. Listen to the message and take heed what you hear. It means obey. Listen to what you... You know, when, when, when mama or daddy says, Johnny, listen... What, is, what does mom and daddy mean when you say that? 
That's more than just hearing the words. Right? Mom and daddy say, you obey. You do what I say. Take heed that you hear. Although he had just told his disciples the reason for using parables, that he wasn't interested, he wasn't giving these teachings for those that didn't want to hear, but those that did want to hear. Yet it's not a secret, he said. So if any man have ears, let him hear. Take heed what you hear. Diligently attend to. Seek to understand what you are hearing. Lay it upon your heart and mind. Take heed what you hear. Pay close attention. Listen up. And then in verse 33, this is what it says about the disciples. With many such parables spake he the word unto them as they were able to hear it. Jesus taught his disciples, measuring what they were able to take in and what they weren't, I suppose, as they were able to hear it, as they were able to understand, as they were able to take it in. In John chapter 9, the Jews had come to Jesus and they were asking him questions, and they were questions that Jesus had already answered before. And Jesus came back with this answer. He said, I've told you already before. You didn't hear. Do you want me to tell you again? Sounds a little bit like a father talking to his son, doesn't it? I told you. You weren't listening. How many times does Jesus talk to us and speak to us and we just didn't hear, we didn't listen. We have our ears tuned to something else. We're distracted. Somebody was in our prayer before the service was saying, you know, I think we need to pray that we will not be distracted by the hubbub of the coronavirus. I believe that was appropriate. And I, I know, you know, it's all around us. <laughs> we're not, we're not going to forget it that quickly. But tonight, we're here to hear God. We're here to hear his word and what he has to say to us. Not what's going on out there at this point. And so we can become distracted so easily with so many things. Even under the sound of the gospel, we can be thinking something completely different. Way outside of this building. Human ears hear many sounds. But there is a deeper kind of hearing. And that's what we're talking about tonight. He who has ears, let him hear. Tonight I'd like to ask us, each one of us ask the question, how is my spiritual hearing? Are my ears tuned to hearing? Or do I pick and choose what I want to hear? The things that I really just don't want to hear, I can tune that out. I don't want to listen to that. Somebody may have a, a word of, of advice for me, but I'm not interested in that. And the sooner he's finished, the better. So I can go on. I really didn't hear it. I really didn't take it to heart. When God speaks, the spiritual ear will respond with brokenness. The spiritual heart will be, will feel and, 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 and respond in brokenness to that call. A willingness to accept and obey the will of the Lord. Without spiritual ears, words are simply words, empty words. He who has an ear, let him hear. 
I'd like to just briefly, in closing, look at Romans chapter 12. Maybe the secret to having a, an ear that hears, we find here. In the first two verses of Romans chapter 12, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We want to know the will of God. We want to hear what God wants for us, right? We long to understand what God is trying to say to us, and yet sometimes we don't hear because we're not willing to put ourselves on the altar. Sometimes we don't hear because we are afraid of what God might say to us. And we don't hear because we are hanging on to self or whatever it may be. And we can't really hear the word of God or the will of God. We can't really know the will of God very well when we're not on the altar as a sacrifice dead to our own self and our own wishes and our own desires, our own agenda. It's on the altar. Then God can speak to us. We can hear. Proper hearing comes when our heart is in the right place. When it's on the altar. When our agenda and our reputation, our pride and our self are sacrificed on the altar. That leaves little left to interfere with our hearing of God. Then you will know the will of God. Then you will hear the word of God when your heart has been offered on the altar. <coughs> Tonight I'm wondering if you may have heard anything from the Lord. The Lord speak to you tonight. Did he remind you of something? Did he tell you something? Did he bring to your mind something that he would like for you to think about? Something maybe that you hadn't thought about or that you didn't really want to know, but he brought it to your mind and he said something to you. Maybe it's something that you have been trying to block out Maybe he is saying, be reconciled with your brother. Maybe he's saying, you have something that you haven't been willing to expose in your life. You need to. Is the Lord saying something to you tonight? Is he saying, you are resisting my will? Put yourself on the altar. Is he saying, do you remember brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so has something against you? There's something between us. Did he remind you of that tonight? Did he say, go and reconcile first? Would you like to acknowledge tonight, yes, God spoke to me. And I really, really want to hear. Maybe you're saying, yes, I want to hear. I'm struggling. I, I don't know how to handle this. I don't know how to move forward. I want to, but I need help. The Holy Spirit tonight is calling us. Perhaps... He is saying to someone who has never, never come to God, never made that decision, and he's saying tonight, uh, come. Come to me, all you are heavy laden. I will give you rest.
Perhaps that's what he's saying tonight. I don't know what he's saying to you. And I am trying to understand what he's trying to say to me. Sometimes we don't maybe quite understand what he's saying. But I believe that the sincere heart coming to God, Lord, what are you saying to me? God will be faithful and will tell us and will, un will help us to understand what he wants to say to us. Come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden. Tonight, I'd just like to give you an opportunity to express to God, acknowledge to God if you have felt him speaking to you. And acknowledging him, acknowledging his, his voice tonight, and I encourage you to not only acknowledge that he has spoken to you, but then take heed to what he has said. Take steps that he indicates for you. And I'm just going to give you that opportunity tonight to acknowledge before God, to God, Yes, God, I heard. You spoke to me. I want to follow you. I want to take heed. I don't know how, but help me. And as we bow our heads, I'm just going to invite anybody that would like to acknowledge that to God tonight to lift your hand. And we're going to pray first, and then I'm going to let you do that if you would like to tonight. And you feel that God, yes, God has spoken to me. I want to hear. And I want to understand. I want to take heed. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you tonight for your presence here. Thank you tonight for your faithfulness. Thank you tonight, Lord, that you do speak to us. You have not left us without a word. You have not been silent. And your Holy Spirit is here. And he is speaking to us. He's showing us. He's trying to tell us something. And Lord, tonight I just pray that you would help us to open our hearts and allow you to speak clearly to us and that our ears may not be dull. And our hearts may not be calloused so that we can understand and hear your word. Hear what you have to say. We want to, Lord. We long to hear what you have to say to us. Bless each heart tonight. Bless each soul, O oh Father. We're here because we love you. We're here because you have called us here. We're here, Lord, because you have a purpose for us. We're here, Lord, because you are our Father. We're here because you are God. Your name is above all names. There is no God like you. So we humbly wait before you, Lord, this evening. Thank you in the name of Jesus. And so is there anyone that would like to just acknowledge tonight, yes, God has spoken to me. I want to take heed. I want to hear. You may lift your hand if you feel that God has spoken to you tonight. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you, each one. God bless you. And now, may the God of peace be near to each one of you. And as you contemplate on what God has told you tonight, I encourage you to share that with someone and pray with someone about that and come to peace with God about what he has told you tonight I appreciate your presence here each one God bless you thank you for your prayers continue praying we just want to hear what God wants to tell us let's stand for prayer <clears throat> Oh, Heavenly Father, tonight we just thank you again and thank you and praise you, oh, Father. You are so good. We worship you, Lord. We bow before you. We want to magnify you, Lord, tonight. I pray in the name of Jesus, 
Put your hand on each soul tonight, especially those that have raised their hand in acknowledgement that you have spoken to them tonight. You have a word for them tonight. God, I pray that each one would be able to hear clearly what you are saying, to have a heart that is receptive to what you are saying, and a will that is, is willing to do what you are saying. Oh, God, bless. Bless us, O oh Father. Thank you so much. And now I pray your blessing as we leave this place and prepare for tomorrow, O oh God. May your name be honored and glorified in the name of Jesus. Amen.